0: Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy
1: name. Good morning. Today on the Demand Excellence Podcast, I'm going to talk about something I've been thinking about all week, and I'm calling it the core of your culture. And what made me really start thinking about it was two things this week. First and foremost, I started talking about, with our football team, the music that they listen to and how it impacts their minds. And then I was out there coaching the offensive linemen, and I always talk about hands, feet, pad level, hands, feet, pad level. And you know, We started off with the basics, just our steps, and we did that on day one. And then day two, I added the uh, hands with the steps. And then day three, I added, and I just kept adding, and, and I told the kids, I said, listen, I said, I can teach you how to run all of our plays, but if you don't have great technique, it doesn't matter. And so what I thought was, that's exactly how we are when we do our leadership training and we do our culture talks and things like that. We talk of culture. We talk of leadership. It's very surface level. It's not, we're not getting to the core, like, When I run a football play, working the details and the technique of every single position is getting to the core, and that's how you're successful. It's the same way in building your culture, but I ask you, I ask myself, the challenge to myself is, do I get to the core? Am I getting to the core? And at the end of the day, the core of culture is the heart. And are we preaching and are we teaching to the heart? And as coaches, are we modeling a correct behavior? Because here's the deal. We're going, to, we're going to try to build a great culture, and we're going to try to demand excellence. But if I don't model it, it doesn't matter. I must set the example as the coach. The players are going to fail. Coaches are going to fail sometimes. But we are the ones that must constantly analyze our culture and must make sure that we're doing correct. <clears throat> so, I want to talk with you guys. So, I went to Colossians 3. And here's the deal How great, um, I mean, the Bible tells us to put to death that which is earthly in us. And that's what we're trying to talk about when we, when we talk about building a great culture, right? You want your kids to be disciplined. Well, I need to put to death the undisciplined nature of myself. We want our kids to be honest. Well, I need to put to death that which wants to lie. We want our kids not to cheat. Well, I need to put to death that which wants to cheat. And so here's a few things. Number one, just through reading the Bible, this is from the Bible. Number one, our flesh is evil. Our our flesh desires to do wrong. And that's what I was talking with the kids. like, and it, It was 21 Savage, and I did a podcast about that. And I found out that 21 Savage was being played at a college football camp and all this kind of stuff, which makes no sense to me. But that that's the point. That's the point of the core of your culture you're telling your kids not to do one thing and you have leadership training for them not to do one thing you have culture training for them to not do one thing yet you're playing music that that counters exactly what you're saying so you're really not getting to the core the heart issue and analyzing all the little things in your program that could defeat them and make them evil but our our flesh runs to evil like we we want to do evil things we we desire these things we love songs about drinking and driving we love songs that appeal to our flesh number three but this, e- but this is evil and it kills you and your relationships. At the end of the day, we don't want our kids to be selfish, but we're feeding them selfish things. Like we don't want our players, we do it in high school too, if the college fo- colleges sell the NFL to college athletes. High school, we sell college football to high school athletes. We're feeding the flesh. We're feeding selfishness. Like, hey, man, come here and play in the NFL, and then you're going to get mad when he's a selfish football player. Same thing for a high school coach. Hey, man, we're going to get you into college. You're a college football player. You're feeding selfishness. So that's a core of a culture. Like, we might say don't be selfish, but then we selfishly motivate somebody. And it's okay to say those things. We just need to make sure, hey, come here and play in the NFL, but you're going to be a team player because a team player is what lasts in the NFL. So you cannot feed the flesh. I, because I am earthly, desire drugs. I lust after women. I view others as meat. I love the feeling of a powerful weapon. I love to defy authority. I love to do evil well, where am I getting that from? <clears throat> Colossians 3. If, you have been, if, you, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. When we talk about death, we're talking about dying to our sinful selves that was headed to hell, disgusting selves, sin and violated against God. And we're talking about live in Christ, become a redeemed man, become a new person. Well, who is this person of death? Who is this earthly person? Verse, verse 5, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. So here's, where, here's the culture that we can start building. And God tells us to put to death this. Put to death sexual immorality. Put to death impurity. Put to death passion. Put to death evil desire. Put to death covetousness. Put to death idolatry. So you think, put those things to death because those things the Bible tells us is going to destroy us. Now, if you want to build a great culture and you play music and allow your kids to listen to these things, you're building a bad culture. You're not investing in the soul of a young man. And yeah, you're just trying to motivate him to be a great athlete, but it's a selfish thing. And it's and the end game is not about the player. It's about you winning championships and you winning football games. And think about uh, passion. I was in an argument, not really an argument. I just like to banter sometimes. So if I'm bored, I'll start arguing with somebody. But uh, one of my friends said, passion before logic. And I'm like, nope. You know, I understand where he's coming from, like, you know, as coaches, we want our players to play with great passion and great emotion and all this kind of stuff, but if you play with passion and emotion and you don't play with logic, it's going to be utter and absolute chaos. Well, the discussion was the bat flip. The guy hits home run or the girl hits home run, flips the bat, and they're like, that's great passion. No, it's not. At the end of the day, that's great self-glorification, Okay and they're in, in the and it's unbridled passion and that's fine you know i have players that do things that i don't want them to do i have players that you know um, they they celebrate too much they run their mouths too much but as a coach i i don't i don't approve of their behavior i don't be like man great job i love the way you are showboating i love the way you're glorifying yourself you know i constantly preach against it hey don't don't do it for self-glorification just be great to be great and celebrate with your teammates don't do anything that draws attention to yourself so as a coach when we approve of that behavior we're approving of self-glorification but what happens is self-glorification turns into selfishness and selfishness will ultimately lead to the downfall of a team and as a coach I know for me, I'm not just trying to be good this year. I'm trying to build a program that will last, and that's a program with a great culture. A a program with with a horrible culture but great talent can win for a season, but you will ultimately see the demise of that organization. So some other earthly things. Well, it talks about covetousness. That's desiring what somebody else has. You see somebody else and you want what they have and you're never satisfied with what God's given you and what you have. But here's some other things it talks about that are earthly and to put to death. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Uh, And put on the new self. So at the end of the day, that's, that's why the culture... All right, we want a great culture within our organization. We have to be careful the outside influences that we bring into our organization. And don't don't you think that the music that you allow to be played within your organization is a big influence on your players? And if I'm feeding their flesh, if I'm feeding their passion, if I'm feeding their sexual immorality, if I'm feeding their covetousness, If I'm feeding those things, then I'm going to have a house that is built upon the sand. I'm not going to have a program that's built upon a rock, a solid foundation. I'm going to have a horrible culture, and it will crumble. And I'm not saying you won't win this year. I'm saying it will crumble. But here's God's commands, and this this is a challenge to me as a coach. Okay, here's the culture that you should build compassionate hearts this is from verses 12 uh, through 17 compassionate hearts man think about that a team full of compassionate hearts a team full of hearts that are compassionate for another man for the for the player next to you kindness man everybody's kind to each other everybody's serving each other humility everybody's serving each other counting themselves as insignificant meekness patience man just be patient don't don't get all excited don't get all in a turmoil when things don't get your way when something bad happens don't don't blow it don't don't lose your senses bear with each other bear the pain of each other forgive one another when somebody wrongs you forgive now you have unity within your organization put on love and be thankful now think about it if you build an organization like that. And you're like, oh, that would be... And I know what football coaches think. That's a bunch of soft kids. That's completely That's completely stupid. You know, you can be as competitive as they come. You can be as intense as they come. And you can do it the right way. You can do it with a loving spirit. You can do it with a compassionate spirit. And here's my thing, man. Man, I... I know Monday through Thursday at practice, I'm intense. I'm all over the kids. I'm yelling at the kids. I'm demanding excellence from their kids. You know, our practices are, are chippy. Kids might get in fights. I mean, we push them to the edge. We push them to the brink. But But that's at practice. When the lights are on, as a coach... I need to be meek and I need to be mild when people are watching me. Same thing with my players, man. In practice, let's get after it, man. If you want to taunt somebody, taunt somebody because there are no lights on. There is nobody watching. We're having a good time. But when the lights are on, you're representing something way bigger than yourself. It's not about self-glorification. It's about team glorification when the lights are on. And that's what we need to focus on and that's what we need to preach and that's what we need to teach. And you have to think about this. you got to ask yourself this as a coach. Everybody says, what is your why, right? Why do you do what you do? I think as coaches, we all get into it for the right reasons. We really do want to help people. We really do want to mentor people. But there's this glory we can get from the game of football. There's In college, there's this money we can get from the game of football. And so you got to ask yourself constantly, what is my why? And here's the deal. So simple question, is it for God's glory or is it for my glory? And oftentimes we will find out it's for my glory. Why are you doing that bat flip? Is it for your glory or is it for God's glory? Is it for the team's glory or is it for your glory? And here's the deal. If it's for your glory, that will start a demise and a destructive pattern in your life but if we're doing it for God's glory then we are now doing it to raise up and to build young boys or girls into men or women and so these values of compassionate heart patience meekness mildness bearing with one another forgiving one another putting on love, the peace of God, and being thankful, these values are going to help them thrive in life. And I would wager it will create a powerful organization, and, and not an organization that looks good on the surface, but a, a organization that when you get to its core is strong and it serves one another. And so <clears throat> at the core of your culture you, you have to ask these questions. You know, is, is the core of your culture positive energy? And what does that mean? Is the core of your co- co- uh, culture character? And what does that mean? Is it to win? For, for what purpose? And by what means? And what are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to sacrifice your integrity? But we have to, what is positive energy? And why have positive energy? What is character? And why should I demand it? And why should our players do it? And if, and if, and if you're going to say great character is not cheating, not lying, doing what right, having integrity, which is doing what right, when, doing what's right when no one's watching. So integrity, under integrity, doing what's right when no one's watching, we will go ahead and lump in treating women, th- twin, uh, women with respect, not cheating, not lying, not doing drugs, not drinking and driving. But... If I play the music that approves of these things and glorifies these things, then I'm a poor leader. I'm allowing negative forces into the culture I'm trying to build. I, I think about this as coaches when they recruit and as high school coaches, we, we want to guard our locker room, right? Who's in our locker room? What voice is the loudest in our locker room? We have to watch that because if it's a negative person and there's a lot of negative voices in our locker room, then our culture is bad. But, but if I have a bunch of positive guys, and you have to define what positive is, you need to get to the core of what, what you define as positive. And then you need, and then you need to analyze, am, are all the influences I'm putting in front of my kids positive? But you need, so we would say, yeah, I don't want that negative force in my locker room. I don't want that negative person in my locker room. Well, I ask you this. What about the music you're allowing in your locker room? Your music is probably more of an influence than the kids respect Drake and Twenty One Savage more than they respect the most popular kid on your team. So we're allowing that into our locker room. So and then you know just think about what I said earlier. What is your why? And be honest with yourself. Is my if my why is my self glory? And, 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 you know, I think, I think we get into this. It's a job. So it's self preservation. And as we become successful in our job, it's self glorification. Well, I'm of no value to my players if it's about self preservation and self glorification, because I will allow them to do whatever they want to do in order for me to win. I will subject them to anything that they think is cool and popular so that I can win. so some other thoughts that I had just kind of jotting down as I end as I end here Um, I talked about what is your why very so you know we're very surface level we talk about character we talk about culture but we don't get into the core of the heart of man I talked about self-preservation and self-glorification and then I wrote this down at the end to end it on but Psalm 127:1 1, it all goes back to this who's building the house all right unless the Lord builds the house those who labor labor in vain unless the Lord watches over the city those who watch watch over in vain Psalm 127:1 1. You know we need to make sure that we're allowing God to build the house not Drake not 21 Savage not the world not fleshy evil things and sometimes coaches will be like, and I say this sometimes too, well, kids are going to be kids. I did it. Do you? If you have a son, do you want your son to do the same things that you did? Do you want your son to make the same mistakes that you made? Do you, no, you want your son to be better than you. I'm coaching kids, and the reason why God, I think God allowed me to be a fool till I was 23 is because he was going to call me into coaching high school kids. And my objective with coaching high school kids is to teach them everything that I did wrong. And I don't want them to make the same mistakes that I made. I want them to be better than me. I don't want them, you know, I tell the kids, well, I listen to, uh, you know, because 21 Savage has a song, Drinking and Driving. And, you know, uh, Snoop Dogg, back when I was growing up, it was sipping on gin and juice, you know, as he was driving. You know, this stuff is, it's demonic, it's evil, it's wrong, it only leads to destruction. And you'd be like, well, coach, it's cool. The problem with this music is it's it's one man's making millions of dollars, leading thousands to jail. If you drink and drive, you go to jail. And then now I got a bunch of men in jail and a bunch of boys don't have a father. So there's a problem with that. I ask you this as a coach, you know, when we say, oh man, I did those things too. Oh, I listened to this music and I'm okay. As a football coach, are you, are you interested in making the same mistakes that you made last week in the game this week? Are you interested in those things that you learned as a coach four and five years ago? Are you interested in going back and making those same mistakes? No. The great thing as, as you, the good thing about growing older as a coach is I learn more and more each year. I can learn from my mistakes. Well, we we don't need to be satisfied with our kids making the same mistakes that we make. And I always tell my kids this, you know, you you can showboat and you can dance and all this kind of stuff before a game. And, you know, we don't play the trash music at my school uh, in the locker room and we don't play it before the game. You'd probably be very unmotivated, you think, if you came to our school and you're listening to worship music pregame. I just don't drink the Kool-Aid that you need music to to get hype and to get motivated and all that kind of stuff because here's why. We'll go play teams, and they got the music on. And, um, and, and man, they're all dancing and all that kind of stuff before the game, and then they get killed. And then also, my team, two years ago, we won the game, but we didn't play good. One of the best games that we... Uh, one of the worst games that we played, we go to a school, and they're playing the hip-hop music, and my kids are over there dancing. They think it's the greatest thing in the world. Coach, why don't we have this, man? This is so awesome. And and they went on to play the most undisciplined game they've ever played in their life. And I'm like, yeah. And I told them after the game, I said, guys, you want to dance around before the game? You want to act like fools. I said, football is a game of discipline. I said, Yeah, you gotta have passion, but first and foremost, you gotta have discipline. You gotta think clearly, and you gotta process information. I said, it's a Warriors game. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a dancer's game. This ain't a, this ain't a club, man. This, this is a, this is a battle. And I was like, man, you can, so we can sit around and create a culture where, yeah, the kids are having fun before the game, but then they get, they get destroyed. To me, fun is winning after the game. It's when you win after the game. So, but, but that's, that's the culture. Like I tell people all the time, man, football is not a rap video. You know, I see people in college football, they're dancing on the sideline and all that kind of stuff. Man, I get it. You got to play with great passion, but I do not need, in the heat of battle, I do not need music. Man, let's go. Let's play. Let's get after it. So, all that being said, I want everybody to know I don't do it right. You know, so I think about Philippians, I think about Philippians 2.14 and we're talking. And my challenge here is looking at the core of your culture the core why do you say the things that you say why do you ask the kids to do the things that you ask them to do and then if you're asking them to be disciplined to be committed to be consistent why do you play music for them that says the opposite and that's what I'm talking about when I say core me too but here's the deal is it two or three sorry constantly growing as leaders. Philippians 3.12, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made, has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. For those of us who are mature think this way so here's the deal I'm trying to grow each and every day as a leader I'm trying to, and and so God's really got me analyzing our culture and the core of why we do what we do is it about your glory, coach, or is it about my glory, why do you teach these things, why do you make them come up here for four hours a day, Monday through Thursday, why are you doing it? Is it to build men, or is it to win, and obviously it's both but which one takes precedent over the other? Let's pray. Lord, we come before you today. I just want to praise and thank you for loving us. Praise and thank you for your word. Lord, I praise and thank you for the community of Christian coaches, Lord, where we can challenge each other and encourage each other. Lord, the world tells us that that I'm a fool if I condemn the music of the world. Lord, the world tells us that my kids need this music to get motivated. And Lord, the world tells me that I need to play this music so so my players will accept me and want to come to practice and that they'll have fun. Lord, the world tells me all these things that are lies, Lord. And Lord, I, I I commit to you my program, Lord. And I know that some of my players aren't Christians. And I know, Lord, that when I preach to them about the rap music and, and the destructive country music, Lord, all the music, uh, the, the destructive secular music, Lord, the, Lord, there's destructive what's labeled Christian music. Uh, I, Lord, I just pray uh, that they would hear me that they would understand lord that, that, that your holy spirit would be present in our football program and you would hold it together lord and i know they're not gonna all turn to you but lord that you would convict their hearts to do right and lord that they would see what we're, that we're trying to make them better men better husbands men who will uh, grow up to impact the community uh, for good lord we love you and we praise you in jesus name amen
0: Bless the Lord. Your song again, whatever. So slow to anger your name is great and your heart is kind for all your goodness i will keep on saying Pure hope